Welcome to the first round playoff edition of the News and Records HS Extra Football Pep Talk Podcast. I am Joe Serrera, and I am joined this week by my podcast partner, J.P. Mundy, once again. J.P., good to have you. Yeah, it's good to be back. I cannot believe it's the playoff. Yeah, this season, other than other than those two weekends where we were underwater, uh, it's kind of flown by. Those were a little crazy with uh, Friday games, Saturdays, uh, Monday games. But uh, we're back on track. The sun came out yesterday. It looks like it's going to be a great night for football Friday and uh, a lot to look forward to for some local teams. Oh, yeah. We've got three number one seeds from our area. Uh, Dudley in Class 4A West, our number one ranked team, East Forsyth 11-0 in 4AA West, and the Andrews Red Raiders, who have won 10 in a row and are 10-1, and are the top seed in Class 2AA East. Uh, we have that East-West split this year. Uh, the triad, especially Guilford County, tends to reside right on the line where the NCHSA makes their split for East and West. And uh, if they need teams in the East, some of our teams go East, vice versa. That's kind of how it goes. So we've got uh, teams on both sides of the brackets. But got to start with it with those number one seeds. JP, East Forsyth, uh, they've kind of disappointed in the playoffs uh, last year and maybe some other times. This team looks a little different. But it, it does look a little different, and they've got some uh, they've got some pieces added to that puzzle. I think I think it starts with the addition of uh, of Cedric Sly, uh, who lines up in the slot, or he lines up opposite over of Mikey Martin, and uh, you know he's always been a good blocker. But I think as the season has progressed this year, Ced Sly has become a little bit more assertive, and he's starting to get the ball thrown his way. Uh, when you add that in with tight end Zach Kellum, you've got two additional weapons as if they need it anymore uh, over for East Forsyth. And I, I, and I think that's big for them. Now, also big for them, as it, you know, all season long, there's kind of been uh, a, a rallying cry or a mantra whenever Coach Todd Willard kind of sense you know, a lack of focus or maybe some resting on laurels. All he has to say is Providence. Right, and and he says his his coaches say it. He says it, and even the training staff will will say it to the kids who are who are losing their way. And that's kind of been the rallying point. Now this this year, Providence is also in, in the West, but they have to meet up with Butler first. So I don't think Todd's worried about that. But I think the Eagles did get a, a pretty good draw there because outside of. You know, when you've got Butler, Mallard Creek, and and Huff, the Eagles potentially could meet only one of those. Right. They get that far, they can only meet one of those, and it's not. They don't have the murderer's row uh, that that sometimes you, you get. That you know that bottom bracket for the West. If you looked at it, Joe, <laughs> how many? I think everybody there is from Mecklenburg County or is near Charlotte. Right, Union, you know, Union County Robinson. with Butler and yeah. you know some of those teams nearby. And you know, if you look at the state for a poll that the Associated Press does every week, I think there's four of the teams in the in the four A top ten are in that side of the West bracket. You know, it's the other thing, and that's worth noting here with regard to East Forsyth is the fact that. Everybody kind of questioned, you know, the starting quarterback situation over there. You know, what was Noah Smith going to be for the Eagles? Because we knew he didn't have to be a superstar, right. but he was going to have to do something. You know, he, he could win games in a kind of a suspect conference, but can he be a championship quarterback? But 
you know, if, if nothing else, he has been prodigious on some nights when it comes to his production. Mm-hmm. But he's also been consistent. And yep. if he turns the ball over, he turns the ball over once. Right. You know, uh, you know, and it's, uh, and I don't know, and, he, and I know Todd even remarked, you know, after the Northwest game last Friday, he just, he could not, he, he's just completely amazed with, with how much Noah Smith has been able to, to add to his team. And you, you can't ask any more out of your, out of your quarterback. And, you know, I've talked to Noah before, and he's a super smart kid. He's a National Honor Society guy, and he knows his role. He's a great teammate. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you, you mentioned the word consistency or, or consistent. The other word I would definitely use for him is efficient. He does exactly what he's asked to do. And, you know, Carson Sharp was pretty good last year. He's gone on to the college level. But as you say, you know, Noah didn't play a whole lot with Carson there. And he's played like he's been in the system, you know, throughout his career, which he has. But he wasn't taking those varsity snaps until this year. And you, you've got you've to give that kid total credit for what they've done. Their first round opponent is Charlotte Olympic, a team that's five and six. So, you know that that shouldn't be a huge challenge for them. That should allow them to to kind of get their rhythm and and get rolling into the playoffs. Speaking of teams rolling into the playoffs, Dudley is the number one seed in the 4A West bracket. Uh, the Panthers will be home Friday night against McDowell. From, How many hours is that? Uh, I over th- more than three. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's not quite as bad as uh, Bishop McGinnis's trip to Murphy on Friday night, but it's oh which is uh, I think 262 miles I think to, from Bishop to Murphy. So that that's that's a trip, and that, and that's going to be a long ride back. But uh, McDowell four and seven against Dudley. That that just uh, a McDowell team that's giving up 34.7 points per game, uh, and they're not going to score many points if any against that Dudley defense that has looked so strong. Um, I will be at that game Friday night. Uh, I've I've seen this Dudley team a lot lately. They are definitely hitting their stride, doing all the things right. The one question I might have had a little bit going into the regular season finale was depth at running back. They lost Ezra Perkins, outstanding junior, the previous week to a uh, fractured ankle, and they took Simeon Gatling, their their defensive uh, secondary leader, who had gotten a carry here or there, put him in as the second back with Connell Young, who's over 1,600 yards rushing already, and Simeon Gatling goes off, over 100 yards against Southeast Guilford and you know that question has kind of been answered. The only other question I would have there is Simeon was tired Friday night. He was in for just about every snap on defense. He was in for a bunch of snaps on offense. He plays on special teams. They may want to work somebody else in there but there's also a uh, possibility of a JV running back coming up now that the regular season is over and a quarter rule uh, is no longer in effect that they may use too. So that Dudley team is looking good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In that 4A West bracket, uh, one team who would be my upset special, not a huge upset, but based on the seeds and the records, certainly an upset, number nine seed Southwest Guilford going to number eight Watauga on Friday nights. Mm -hmm. Southwest five and six, Watauga eight and three. But you've seen the Southwest team, JP. You know that they beat Andrews, which is a ten and one team. Andrews only lost. They beat Northwest Guilford. They beat High Point Central, which was playing great football up to that point. What, what can you say about Southwest? Uh, they're a complete enigma. I, I, I have no idea. <laughs> what I have no idea. They ended up. You know, you you wrap up everything on Friday night, and I had to ask somebody. Wait a second. Did Southwest Guilford just take second in the conference? 
and they did. Sure enough. And, 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 and I don't understand because this is the same team that I, that I watched play against East Forsyth, and the game was over in about an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. I think they lost. It was it was 40-something to not very much, if, if anything. And I, I don't know. I do know that Jaron Rainey is a really good athlete. Yes. And I think he's the, he's the, the straw that stirs the drink there. And if they can keep him upright, the offense has got a chance because he's such a, a talented, gifted young man. Mm-hmm. He's smart. And he can, you know, he's got a couple of weapons out there, and he can. He's got good feet, and he can move. I don't have for the life of me. I have no idea how they managed to upset High Point Central. Yep. And that's no knock on either one of them. I have no idea how that happens, and I don't understand how they beat High Point Andrews. But here we are. They could very well be playing Dudley next week. Yeah, it's a distinct possibility. Uh, you know, you mentioned High Point Central. Uh, they finished five and six. They've got to go to South Caldwell. And you want to talk about a team a team that uh, has got a, a, a rough job ahead of them. Southeast Guilford finished third in the Metro at eight and three and has to go to ten and one North Davidson and face Kennedy McCoy. That That is not, uh, not a nice draw for uh, Southeast Guilford there. Oh, and their reward, if they happen to pull that one out, is, is Scotland County. Yeah, that, so that, that's terrible. That That's brutal for a team that, that had to play all but two of its games on the road this year because of construction delays that we've talked about, ad nauseum, I guess, at Southeast. But a good team that uh, was not treated very kindly by the draw. I do want to mention two more four AA teams in the east side of the bracket. Northwest Guilford, a uh, team that's been a disappointment this year. I don't think anyone anyone would question that, even the Northwest Guilford folks at 7-4, and four, um, going to number four, Garner, a very strong program, 9-2, and two, a team that, you know, they, they don't have Naheem Hines anymore, who's playing a lot as a freshman at NC State, but that's that's a good football program every year, and that, that's not, uh, not going to be a nice trip for Northwest. And the game that you have, JP, on Friday night, uh, number 11, Lumberton at 6-5, and five, coming to number six page at nine and two. What do you look for in that one? Anything? I look for the PA announcer over at Page to be saying "arg" a lot. A lot. Two sets of pirates. Two sets of pirates. One of them better than the other. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm looking forward to see this Page team. I haven't seen them um, live in a few weeks, and they've just gotten better. They had they stumbled obviously over at, at Dudley, which is we we've talked about for a couple of weeks now. Mm-hmm. But this is still a good state tournament. Um, I think they they're very athletic. Um, they're one of the probably the second most athletic team I've seen uh, this season. They've got a bunch of weapons, and it starts the quarterback uh, for them. I think if it's for them to get through for a deep run for these Page Pirates, they've got to have Will Jones playing consistently, making good decisions, and managing the game. Like he's got plenty of weapons, and he's got a good back behind him, and uh, you've got DeAndre Overton, James Ellis to throw to, and a darn good defense. And uh, you know, Their bracket's not impossible. No, it's not unmanageable. <laughs> no, that Wake, Forest, that Wake Forest team is very, very strong. Um, the, their potential second-round uh, opponent. And, you know, I, I'm looking, and, you know, Jack Britt down there at the bottom with the two-seed, but, you know, I think that they can they can make a run if, if they play their cards right. Yeah, if, the, if their minds are right, if they, don't, they haven't let that Dudley game crush them, you know, yeah, that's definitely a team that could do some damage. Want to move on to Class 3AA in the East, a team that we're usually talking about 
as a state championship contender. Northern Guilford uh, won four of the last five three AA titles. They are the number 13 seed at 7-4. and four. They've got to go to number 4 uh, Corinth Holders over in Wendell, 9-2 and two team. I just don't see – I know Johnny Roscoe can, can do some amazing things as a coach. Just getting this team turned around after the way they played against Page in their opener was an achievement, but they have had so many injuries. Trajan Relaford is probably their best defensive lineman. Got hurt early in the season, hasn't played since. They uh, lost Tucker Horde, excellent receiver, excellent defensive back, kick returner with a fractured ankle out for the season. Uh, Ford Moser suffered a lacerated kidney, another of their receivers. Don't know if he's going to be back for this one. Probably not. Uh, they lost him. They were played early in the season without Tristan Simmons, another receiver, because of a uh, collarbone injury that he suffered before the season. He's been really good since he's been back, and he also kind of took over Tucker Hoard's spot in the secondary. But what it's going to come down to for Northern Guilford is can they get C.J. Freeman off for a big game, the running back who's committed to yeah. South Carolina but but is going to take visits because of the coaching change there. Uh, he's had what by his standards, I would say is a disappointing season, but part of that is how much teams have keyed on him. Western Alamance coach Jeff Snuffer in the win against them said, said yeah, he said, we had a, we had one or two guys with him on every play, eight or nine in the box, and that's probably what anybody who sees Northern on film is going to do to prepare for them. The quarterback, Miles Timmons, has gotten better as a game manager as the year's gone on, and he does a really nice job on the, on the zone read, keeping the ball when he should instead of giving it to Freeman, and he's busted some big plays this year. But this Northern team just has had so many injuries that I don't, I don't see them going, going very far. And it's even going to be tough, I think, for them to get out of the first round, which is uh, a, a real change of pace for the Nighthawks. It, it's such a tribute to them, though, to even this far, far because you know, early in the season we were on disaster alert. Oh yeah, you know that the, they because they looked terrible against Page, and I. You, you really see a lot about the character of these kids, Definitely. how they've managed to persevere. You know, they they really took some losses that a lot of teams, let's face it, probably couldn't get through. They still managed a seven and four season. Yeah, and, and in a very tough conference. I mean, Eastern Alamance and Western Alamance go one and two in that conference. Eastern Alamance is a number one seed unbeaten. Western Alamance's only losses are to Eastern in a game that they led into the into the fourth quarter. And to Matthews Butler, a really good four double A team. You know, that's those are the only teams that Western Alamance has beaten. And Northern played Eastern Alamance really tough, just ran out of time coming back. Their other loss, a little bit of a surprise last Friday night for third place in the mid state three A was to Moorhead, a 31-27 game, but again, that is that's a combination of all the injuries that have hit Northern, and this is a really good Moorhead team. I want to mention them. They are in 3A East, uh, best record 8 and 3 since the 2005 team went 9 and 4 there. Earl Bates, former Reedsville assistant, has done a great job of getting that program to where they're competitive. Their only losses to Reedsville. Eastern Alamance and Western Alamance. Unfortunately for Moorhead, what do they get as their reward for finishing third in the conference? They get to go and play Western Alamance again, 9-2 and two Western Alamance. Moorhead at 10 seed. Yeah, Western at 7 seed. That's just there – should be, there should be some rule or something. I know that doing these brackets is hard enough, but I don't think you should have two teams from the same conference playing each other in the first round. I know that would make things even more complicated, and the NCHSAA would have to send out 15 revisions of the 
bracket instead of five or six. But that just it just seems really cruel for Moorhead to be facing that. You know, can they win the game? May, of course they can win the game, but yeah, that, that's a real tough challenge for them. Uh, a good team. Will Dabbs, dual threat quarterback for them, has had a really good year. Uh, he's also a heck of a wrestler for a Moorhead team that always seems to be in the uh, the 3A state finals for team. Uh, just just a, a good year for them and wanted to kind of tip the hat to them. We mentioned Andrews earlier. Uh, speaking of teams that, that <laughs> were not treated kindly in the draw, Andrews, the number one seed at 10-1 and one in 2AA East, playing a team from their conference, Randleman, number 16, 5-6 record. That's just not very nice for Randleman. They've already seen Andrews once. It wasn't pretty, and they've got to go there again. It wasn't good the first time. It won't be good this time. No, that's, that's kind of kind – of, Kind of cruel for them, but you know, you know the Randleman Tigers are going to play hard. Shane Handy had a really good team last year with Juval Millet, who's at Carolina now as a receiver, and and, and they're you know they're gonna, they're going to go hard in that game. But that that's a really really tough matchup for them. Want to go out of the NCHSAA for just a moment? Talk about the private schools, NCISAA Division Three semifinal. They started their playoffs last week. Only eight teams in the draw. High Point Christian, a team that's kind of been right on the edge of that number 10 ranking in our poll for the last few weeks. I know JP and I, I know we both voted for them at 9 or 10 the last few weeks. The public school coaches, I don't think, are as impressed as we are, but they are home at 7 o'clock Friday against a team from Georgia, Rabin Gap, which is right on the Georgia-North Carolina line over there, kind of western part of the state, a 7-4 and four team, High Point Christian 10-1. and one. Um, You know, High Point Christian one win away from playing for a state championship in a for a very young program that's not been playing football for very long. Deshaun Taylor, their quarterback, you know, is is a heck of a player there. Uh, Austin Henley, you've mentioned him, defensive end, oh, yeah. linebacker, a, a kid. He's both a big of, boy. Pardon me. He's a big boy. Both of those kids could play for just about anybody in this area. You know that those. Private school teams do not have the depth. Certainly, it's not quite like private school basketball in North Carolina, but that's some good football, good good teams, and that will be interesting to see what happens for High Point Christian. If they win that one, they will be playing for the state championship the following week, and uh, best of luck to the Cougars in that. Yeah, they've got 16 new players this year. Most of them are starting. Yeah. I mean, talk about coaching there. I mean, they they got those boys ready to play and win, and they had never been on the same team with one another. Yeah, Scott Bell, who's been there, I think this is year three for him, uh, took over the program. He had been an assistant there. Uh, like I say, program has only, I think, has only been up and running about seven, six or seven years now, but they've come a long way, and you know, it's great to see them having the kind of success they're having. That's going to wrap up our HS Extra Football Pep Talk podcast for this week. We thank you for listening to us and for all your high school sports coverage in print you want to read the news and record daily and for the latest high school sports news online check out our high school's website hsextra.com and you can follow me on twitter at joe serrera nr and you can follow jp at jp underscore m-u-n-d-y thanks again for listening